Welcome, Chop Shop listeners, to a very special report from your favorite economic news podcast. Uh, for those who uh, may not be aware or are just finding out now, easily the biggest story in financial history since the Lehman Brothers just hit the presses on September 20th, 2020. Would you care to walk us through that? Sure. So, the... Wait, wait. What happened? Wait, why am I here? Oh, by the way. By the way, this is uh, St. Helen. I'm Miss Silver. Uh, With us today is... Yes. Um... (laughs) The gang's all here, mostly. Um... Our other correspondent um, still hasn't returned from hiatus. Oh well. <laughs> um, something big happened, um, but I'm not quite sure what. It's, and if you're anything I heard, like, <laughs> I heard the banks this were is being like, naughty. Yes, that's all I know. With, uh, the banks were very naughty. <laughs> the short version is: remember all those times we said that everything is fraudulent um we just got Mm -hmm. like black and white proof um the international consortium of investigative journalists uh which is like consists of like reporters from all over the world um have been doing a number of these like long-term like deep investigative works on finance going back to like when the panama papers dropped back in like 2016 um worth noting that about a year after the lead reporter on that was like blown up in a car bomb in malta i'm sure that was a coincidence um just to give you a sense of the kind of stakes we're doing yeah, talking I'm about like, here. what the okay like i've always wanted to rant about this the panama papers assassination like what the fuck was up with that she just like that was just such an obvious attack from the fucking ultra rich class on any amount of accountability. Yeah. Like it was, a that was just <laughs> it like no one fucking. And you know, they didn't even like, they didn't even like put out like a fucking guy to frame up for it. it they were just like, wow, that's an unsolved yeah. mystery. Forever. And, and this was just over them getting busted for one law firm that was handling their tax accounts. In this case, um, the ICIJ was able to acquire some like two twenty one hundred suspicious activity reports, which are these reports that are filed by bank officials with U.S. Treasury Department regulators when they think their bosses are doing something illegal, like laundering money. Um, yeah, and and for those. Like, aren't the banks saying that, like, oh, these are just, like, little, little, like, compliance yeah. reports? They're, they're totally trying to just be, like, this This is over an extended period. This was before, like, anything was cleaned up. And, like, and everything the ICIJ, in partnership with BuzzFeed, has shown on this has been, like, no, they absolutely knew that they were laundering somewhere in the neighborhood of, like, $2 trillion worth of money from some of the world's biggest fuck-off scumbags between from 1999 to 2017. Like, there's like $100 billion a year, give or take, across four presidencies, four different administrations, treasury departments, from Clinton to Trump, have this stack of reports showing that the banks were laundering money for, like, Al-Qaeda, for drug traffickers, for warlords, for just the most absolute scum of the earth who are not supposed to be allowed to use... Like, even North Korea was in on this shit. North Korea, embargoed to hell, like, was in on this. Like, the... The fact that they can just use normal banks and be like, hey, hi, I'm, uh, I'm Senor Guzman, and I work for the Sinaloa cartel, um, you know, like, I would like to bankrupt you, Wells yeah, Fargo. that's basically <laughs> what this was. 
Here's here's one point two million dollars cash. Could I get that back as one point two million dollars cash? <laughs> and they're like, "Yes, sir." It was to- like <laughs> the fact that that's happening is just like, and, I'm like why? This and this crazy. is like this. This is pretty fucking awful shit. Like it turned like this involved like. 15 of the biggest banks in the world. Like, we're talking the two big to fail banks from 2008 were all in on this. Like, JP Morgan Chase, um, Citigroup, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd's, Royal Bank of Scotland, HSBC, uh, <laughs> Society General, yeah, Deutsche like, Bank. I, I it's think... like, <laughs> these are like the pillars of finance. Yeah, I... We're doing this. I've read I read that list. I read that list of the naughty banks, and I didn't notice that US Bank isn't on there. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm wondering, like, did they not know they could get away with this? Or are they just like <laughs> are they like next level? Are they like are they just like Oh jeez, guys! I didn't know we could just launder money. <laughs> oh god, we were so stupid. We spent all that money on like, compliance. You answer. <laughs> I'm picturing U.S. Bank as like the like nerdy kid in like the Wall Street high locker room that all the other banks are like snapping towels at, and like U.S. Bank is always getting like picked last for like dodgeball and shit and nobody wants to hang out with them and <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah all of all of like the scumbag executives are all like are getting picked for like team fucking Deutschbanka and shit and it's just like and the and then like US banks like hey guys come work here and they're like nah you're not cool enough <laughs> Was smoking with leather jackets. <laughs> oh no! So like, uh, and and they did business oh. with like hundreds of banks worldwide. Like this isn't just like these naughty banks were doing this. This involved like a fairly significant chunk of finance handled money that was like drug money or al-qaeda like donations or illegal isis oil sales or fucking kim jong-un's like pocket change um (laughs) well you gotta wonder like how how the kims keep getting sent to private schools in switzerland and stuff and it's like Oh, well, yeah, like, there has to be some banks that are, like, just, like, I'll take that money. It's, yeah, it's sure. It's just, you know, like, the image, like, and this has happened before where, like, Bank of America or somebody get caught in a one-off case and they'll be like, oh, oops, um, we totally dropped the ball there. We swear that'll never happen again. Like, HSBC even, like, gave this big-ass apology in 2014 when they really got caught in up to their ass. <laughs> yeah, they got caught with, like, they got caught, like, just, like, with, like, records, like, conversations of executives and stuff being, like, or was it just, like, personal bankers for Al-Qaeda yeah. that they had? And, and it was nuts. And they were just it like, was... oh, fuck, how could this have possibly happened? And this is, like, so, like, this is a thing that happens periodically, but usually, like, in the business press and stuff, it's sort of assumed that... Except for maybe Deutsche Bank, most of these banks are generally considered to be on the up and up. Like, usually you wouldn't, you wouldn't expect to see them being caught, not like once or twice like they usually are, but like, no, this is like actually a significant chunk of business for them for an extended period. Like, yeah. (laughs) This is just an unbelievable level of criminality. This isn't them being caught with their hand in the cookie jar. This is regulators seeing their feet sticking out of the cookie jar. And it's all of them. <laughs> yeah, like, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> Except U.S. Bank. Um. Like, yeah, the, the thing that gets me is that this is, like, decades of reports. 
Yeah. It's not just like, oh yeah, in the past couple of years, these banks have been like, just gone hog wild. It's just kind of like, uh, oh, this is just how most banks operate or like a significant chunk of finance operates. Yeah. Like, apparently this thing that's supposed to be an aberration is, like, normal. And all the banks, like, put out these statements of, like, yeah, uh, either we legally can't talk about those things, so fuck off, to just fuck off, to we swear our compliance is totally up to snuff, now please fuck off. (laughs) When they didn't just pick up the phone, you know. Because quite a few of them, like, just straight up were yep. like, yeah, we're not talking to you. Get bent. So, like... Okay, so, like, what do you think that this... This is, like... What do you think that this would... That this, like, means? Like, what do you think that... Do you think anything is gonna happen? Do you think that, like, there's going to be, like, disinvestment from these banks into like more legit banks or like what is this like news to like big firms or is this like or has this been just no this is like an unbelievable level of criminality and negligence on every level like like to give some context like we've got like the two previous, like, famous, like, leaks that have come out about finance in the last couple of years were the Panama Papers in 2016, which basically exposed this one particular law firm in Panama whose job was to hide rich people's money um, uh-huh. and operate tax shelters and shit. And that they were uh-huh. doing, like, a pretty significant amount of business, that this wasn't just, like, random shady used car salesmen, but this was, like, some pretty, like, respectable like heads of state shit like that getting involved um and the reporter who broke that one just to mention again like we can't stress this enough uh daphne uh corona galicia was blown up in a with a car bomb like a year after the story broke um you know so if you want like a confirmation of the panama papers there you go um they're like a nice exclamation point in the most brutal way possible um and then you had the paradise papers which came out in 2017 and that just sort of expanded on how much hanky business was going on with this whole like offshore banking like shadow banking system like even the fucking royal family of the uk was hiding money from their own government in these offshore accounts um for example like wait the royal family famously super legit royal family and never does anything creepy or wrong royal family yeah yes yeah the windsors totally hid money from their own government um (laughs) (laughs) wait (coughs) shit thee not (laughs) even the the, do you think that the guy do you think that the prince who shows up to parties in nazi costumes i think he made i mean no not him he's uh, i bet she (laughs) bailed on that shit you know i mean he's probably like waiting to be like, so, you're taking me into protective custody? Cool. I'm gonna, like, totally spill now. <laughs> God. But, yeah, Does, so, like, the, the Panama Papers, they were, like, and so, a big deal. And so were the like, Paradise Papers. But that was Yeah, and that was, firm, and right? the same with Paradise Papers, was this was, like, a couple of firms. This is, like, mm-hmm. directly from the Treasury Department. These are reports filed to the U.S. Treasury by bank compliance officers Uh this isn't like one firm hiding a bunch of people's money this is every like significant player on wall street that could possibly be doing this shit was like it would probably (laughs) help to explain what the fuck a compliance report is you know what a suspicious activity report is. I know I kind of alluded to 
oh, what it is earlier with that crack about money laundering, uh, about people getting caught up in, like, you know, money laundering false alarms, but um, this is not exactly an obvious topic, so would you mind going into that bit? Oh, yeah, so the Suspicious Activity Report is a report that a bank compliance officer who's basically a watchdog on the bank's payroll which works uh-huh. about as well as you can imagine um <laughs> no conflict of interest here whatsoever um but even so they still like file these reports it's enough of them take their jobs seriously enough that there were these like 2100 reports for the icij to go over um and those are just like the tip of a much bigger iceberg apparently um that and like a suspicious activity report is basically when a watchdog is looking at some kind of like new client a loan a deposit something that they think is potentially violating the law so they submit these reports to the treasury department but legally speaking suspicious activity reports are not actually evidence of wrongdoing they are simply the opinion of that particular watchdog that something illegal may be going on here yeah so it's kind of like it's a it gives a pretty massive paper trail but this isn't anything on the level of like say the sec actually investigating someone or something like that like in terms of how much okay. legal force they actually have, um, it's yeah, yeah. But like the the thing is, is that like, isn't the main difference that like these are things that like people who work for the banks saw and were like, oh, that's so shady that I need to snitch on my and boss. The, yeah, and the treasury sat on this yeah. shit apparently. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's worth noting that there are fairly easy ways to trigger an SAR. Um, if you move, um, if you're attempting to structure a transaction or your transactions look like they're structured, like you move several thousand into your account one week, uh, several thousand more in another week, several thousand more in another week, it looks like you're attempting to structure to get around the $10,000 limit, below, uh, which is when an SAR gets filed. So most SARs are meaningless. Um, the trouble is, is these, these are the kinds that are not. This isn't, you know, a plumber turning in their weekly pay. Um, this is, you know, much bigger. This is, hey, um, Treasury Department, I think J.P. Morgan Chase is proceeding to make the Mafia look like amateurs when it comes to money laundering kind of business here. This is, like, yes. it is, like, that. this is just a, an so appalling... Like, let's go into, like, who these <laughs> banks are. Like, that's, I think, what's, like, the thing is that, like, these are the biggest banks yeah. in the world, right? These are, mm-hmm. Col- these are like, collectively, the big boys. they probably these represent are... between a third to a half of finance as it currently exists. This is not like, <laughs> yeah, like in one of the articles around this, um, when he asked Bank of China for comment, no comment. Um, and, like, you know, to some extent, that's understandable. They're not going to say anything. As a rule, they tend not to say anything to the Western press, unless, um, they need to. But, it's, I mean, it's like, they're, uh, they're big. Like, that's, you know, that's a big entry point for, like, their shadow banking institutions. This is like Bank of America. This is Wells Fargo. This is like, we're not making this shit up. Like, <laughs> shit be not. These are like the two big to fail banks. This is Royal Bank of Scotland. This is Citigroup. This is Barclays and HSBC and Bank of New York Mellon and 
Deutsche Bank, which actually Deutsche Bank's not that surprising. That's Deutsche Bank has been like an open secret for a while that they like funnel money for oligarchs, but everybody else is kind of like. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if any of them got caught once doing it bad, but not like oh, actually, we were sort of like the Junior League Deutsche Bank. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. And that'd be like, all of them. Yeah, and Dushbank made a lot of noises about how they're really, really trying to comply, and how oh, we fixed everything, we swear, and it's like... We are so compliant. <laughs> yes! Oh, please make us comply. <laughs> oh, we're very... We will follow every rule. Ooh, it is also verboten. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like Wirecard happened a few months ago. You know, the fallout of that still isn't fully resolved. And that was just, you know, some pissant little payment process. This wasn't like. The, this is like. like some, they got a pattern of doing this shit. <laughs> yeah, but this isn't like anything approaching this level of just. The the entire fu- like most of the financial system could safely be said to be like at least indirectly involved in some kind of incredibly illegal transactions for like at some point or another within the last twenty years. This isn't like oh look we caught this one bank or this one firm like Enron really screwing up. This is like. I mean, this is all of them moving an amount of money <laughs> yearly that's comparable to, like, how much the federal government spends on, like, welfare and education, excluding Social Security and Medicare combined. Um, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> jeez. It's, yeah, no, that's, that's such a huge amount of money. Like, and and what i'm saying like they're moving money for shitty people like i cannot stress that enough this is like i mean some of this is groups that the u.s has labeled as terrorists which is you know in some cases that's dubious in other cases that's not like that's basically tldr cover that somewhere else there's other people that are better equipped for that conversation than us but This is, like, not just, you know, things that are, like, the U.S. exerting its political muscle through finance. This is shit like fentanyl smugglers. And, you know, content warning here. um, The Miami Herald, who had reporters actively involved in this, um, were able to directly trace uh, overdoses in rural North Carolina to a dealer who was be whose funds were being moved by these banks based out of Miami like wow. direct line between fucking opioid overdoses and JP Morgan getting their beak wet holy shit <sighs> and they just did nothing as it's- yeah File the SAR and sit on it. Yeah, and they'd make statements and shit, and like, you know, like when HSBC got caught, and when each of them have gotten caught at this point, really, like, they've all sworn up and down they would do better, and this shows that they were lying through their, out their ass, like, this was, Mm -hmm. and, you know, this also, like, because these are Treasury Department reports across four different administrations, it really, like, from Clinton starting in 99 to, like, Trump's first year, and I'd, like, guarantee that seeing as Trump probably makes his money off of, like, laundering money for Russian oligarchs through his shitty real estate empire, that, you know, they probably give even less of a shit, but, I mean, it doesn't seem like the Treasury was giving any kind of shit. Ooh. At all. Mm-hmm. Regardless of who was in office, like, I mean, I, 
how can you possibly and what's especially damning about this is this is not this is only like the beginning of how much is actually in the treasury's files on this according to the icij so this is like how could regulators (laughs) not be seeing this Uh because they don't it's the same shit that was in 2008 they don't fund the sec um they don't want the sec like doing anything so they go unfunded and of course you know the lobbyist pipeline is still fully intact it's like nothing has changed since 2008 is the thing um and a lot of this malfeasance is yes some of it is before the crisis but a good chunk of it is after and you'd think people would know better but it's like they're not investigating this shit because it would implicate too many people yeah this is hundreds of banks for intermediaries mm-hmm. for this money at like the local and regional level. This is just. Yeah. I mean, remember Bernie Madoff? Remember that fucking guy? He's like, I mean, nothing compared to this. <laughs> well, yeah, but the thing what well, the thing with him was he pissed off somebody he shouldn't have by losing their fucking money. And that's why he's still in jail, as far as I know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like, every single other one of these motherfuckers, no, no, they, they haven't seen jack shit. Yeah. It's always, if any of these people get busted, it's always for, like, you know, other shit. We're not true and on, but, mm-hmm. you know. We don't need to spell that out. It's never for, like, financial crimes, is my point. Yeah. Because they don't they don't want to track financial crimes. There's no appetite for it. Because it would ruin the gravy train. And everyone knows it. And they all just really, really love gravy, mm-hmm. too. Which is important to to know. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know... Like, <laughs> we, we all love gravy, <laughs> sometimes the train has to stop, guys. Because, <laughs> like, the train is made out of, I guess, Al-Qaeda, so... <laughs> yeah. But... This is so, like... I mean, I'd imagine some of this is the feds going, okay, these are people we don't like, so we're just going to wait until enough accumulates that we can target those specific people. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd imagine there's probably an element of that, because there are, like, a couple of instances where the feds are actually going after specific individuals, but that's because they're things like, you know, connected to Venezuela or ripping off rich people. Um, Or drugs. Yeah. And they're too, you know, they're not too big to fail. Like, you know, the cartels, it's like, you know, some dope dealer sending narcotics to, well, sending narcotics to, like, fucking North Carolina. Mm hmm. And that's, I mean, that really. That's all the DA It really says it all. They don't give a fuck about you they're not going to stop this gigantic money train that exists to like immiserate people this is like Uh rich assholes who are considered assholes by the other rich assholes hiding their money and the other rich assholes being like well i mean we're all rich assholes here so we'll just you know be a little quieter about it um also, please cut it in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know, like, it's it, it's just more evidence that the whole system is just rigged. Mm-hmm. Like, it's laws for thee, but not for me, you know? It's... And, and this isn't just, like, 
money for fentanyl smuggling and shit, this is also, like, spilling out in a lot of other ways. Like, back when the Panama Papers broke, um, 48 Hills, which does, like, investigative and independent reporting in San Francisco, dug into the Panama Papers and found that a significant chunk of, uh, like, real estate, like, specifically residential real estate that had been bought up in San Francisco as of, like, 2017 as an investment by, you know not just rich-ass tech bros, but lots of other people from around the world, that a significant chunk of that was funded through money stashed in tax shelters as a way of securing assets. So, you know, when you add in that the best and most reliable way to launder money is real estate, because anyone will buy real estate... And once you sell it, that money is now clean. Where the hell do you think this has been going? So wait, wait. Wait. Why the fuck do you think there's all these... I've never heard of any kind... I've never heard of a shady real estate developer. I don't know. Like, what kind of real estate developer would be, like, mobbed up or whatever? Like, that's I mean... absurd. <laughs> I can't name a single one who isn't also president of the yeah. United States. so yeah this is you know the rent crisis that's happening in every fucking major city it's not just airbnb it's not just gentrification it's that rich assholes have been parking their money in your rental markets and squatting the fuck on your ability to, you know, get a house. I mean, like, San Francisco, according to, like, the city attorney, for example, in 2015 had an estimated 18,000 residential units that were being kept off the market by these people just to hold them as an asset. Yeah. Like, not just not rented or, like, being used as a summer home, just fucking empty. Yeah. The reason you're sitting cold and alone yeah. in San Francisco without a house is because these fucking people took it from you. Or you're sleeping in a closet so in it London. Is. Yes. Or I mean <laughs> Or you're in a coffin pod in Tokyo or wherever the fuck it is you're suffering from this. And don't think that it's limited to the major cities. I mean, the whole thing with Blackstone is they noticed there were a lot of underserved property markets that they could just, you know, steal from in the wake of the financial crisis. And, you know, if anything, it's gone worse since then. So... yeah yeah this is because a rich asshole wanted to hide their money from Uh their spouse you don't get to have a house yes yes you have nowhere to go demons because Or you have to find a way to fit six people in a space that was meant for two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That, and this is Wall Street and the city of London we're talking about here. So, you know, who wants to give the over-under on whether or not they securitized, like, any of this money? I, I I refuse to take the bet. I refuse. I refuse. I think that there will be no consequences to this. At all. I don't I think it'll be a news story and then it will pass. I don't think that there will be any kind of investigations. I don't think that any banks will divest from these banks or investors will divest from these banks. I think there will be literally zero consequences other than just a bunch of people who read the news getting like more pissed at banks than they usually are 
I mean, I would say I would agree with that. I would agree with that. The the risk comes in where shall we say systemic risk is exposed. We've all known for a while now that things are really unstable. The the books are cooked. They always have been, but like the underlying assets are not performing that well. Um, they can't. The economy, you know, crawled up in some asshole and died. Because, you know, this is what happens when rich people hoard money. Even fucking Adam Smith said that. So, the way I think about it is if it were just, you know, rich assholes sheltering money places they shouldn't be, and we, we, you know, get to see a little more behind that particular curtain, that'd be one thing, but we don't know how the market is going to react to this. Um, I think someone... And we don't know who is exposed or what. And so it's like that's that's the question like that's that's the part that matters like was any of this securitized how much mm-hmm. um what sort of you know, are there any securitizations done on those securitizations uh how how deep do, does this you know recursive labyrinth go um in other words, what's what's the exposure? Uh, honestly, I think that, I mean, the derivatives are going to be the gasoline that makes this worse. But mm-hmm. knowing finance, somebody got in up to their eyeballs on this shit. And even, oh. Or is already up to their eyeballs on a bunch of other shit, as is the case with most of Wall Street right now. Um, and there's going to be a lot of rich people who, as well as slightly, like, you know, more middling gentry types, not so much the oligarchs, who are going to be looking at this news and being like, um, wait a fucking minute, I need to protect myself against legal liability. I don't want to get tied up in funding a cartel or ISIS or something that would actually land my ass in real jail. So Uh there's probably people calling their lawyers and calling their accountants and going, I need you to go fucking read the Mm -hmm. riot act with JP Morgan Chase and threaten to pull money out and file suit because what the hell are you guys doing with my money? Like, like that's the thing with the securitization and with how banks treat their money and handle deposits that it is quite likely that, Mr. like Dr. Sunquist DDS who uh, kept his like you know nice safe investments down the street at the local Wells Fargo because they gave him a good rate and he's got his mortgage with them and all that suddenly is now being like wait a minute did any of my fucking mortgage money get tied up in like a fentanyl smuggling ring like there's going to be a non trivial yeah number of independent economic actors who for reasons entirely related to their very direct self-interest that are going to be at least like demanding documentation and assurances that they're not going to be hauled in front of the justice department over this and just the possibility of that is going to be a serious risk that banks may not be willing to take these are already banks that are bleeding out from the absolute just implosion of oil and now coal at this point they Mm -hmm. if this happened a year ago i i totally would agree this is not going to go anywhere nothing's going to happen from this but there's going to be enough like rich enough people to hire lawyers who are have got to be flipping their shit by now who are going to be adding that extra like x factor 
for a bunch of banks that really don't need that right now. Mm-hmm. And somebody is going to be over leveraged who's caught up in this, and that's going to be it. I don't know who it is, but knowing Wall Street, someone went way too hard on something connected to this shit. Or they just went way too hard on something else, and this ends up exposing them to risks they thought didn't exist. Yeah. So it's... So what you're kind of getting at is it's not so much, like, the details of the allegations however salacious they may be it's like on the one hand it's people asking questions that the banks would prefer not to answer and the other half of this is that at least one of these banks is exposed to unrelated risks and do not need this shit right now basically finance is already (laughs) In a position where another Lehman Brothers would blow the market to smithereens, and now everybody's been caught doing something really fuck off illegal and really like. I mean, it's worth pointing out that the divestment strategy for climate change has sl- is part of why J.P. Morgan Chase and all of them are so quick to abandon fossil fuels in this latest downturn because there has been a shift in the investment climate just around that based on like climate change pressure as well as that renewables are actually being profitable that has led to fossil fuels being seen as like a junk investment that you don't go into that anymore and that used to be like solid gold that's something that was a blue chip this is your friendly neighborhood mortgage provider was hiding money for North Korea. Yeah. This is so unconscionable under the entire regime of manufacturer consent that we live under. There is, like, no part of this that is remotely acceptable. If you are, like, some kind of liberal capitalist, you should be having an aneurysm over this. Like, if you actually believe in capitalism, this should be having you seeing red. Like, this is inexcusable. Yeah. I mean, the... I know we keep going over it, but the other thing is that you know, they haven't exactly been completely forthcoming with investors um, as to their own exposure. And that's usually the prelude to something bad. (laughs) Um, You could probably make a class action fraud case at this point uh if you were an investor in any of these banks. Like, you could probably do that. And it would probably actually get its day in court. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure they would win. Um, it's a little thin on the merits. You have to prove standing and all that fun stuff. But a reasonable case could be made. And it's like, it's more shit that the banks don't need to deal with right now. Uh, when everything's, you know, fucking bleeding on the floor. And, I mean, it's like... And, like, if you are Joe Schmo, real estate developer in, like, Pawtucket, Rhode Island, or you're, like, fucking Cal Worthington, owner of half of the car dealerships in North County, San Diego, you know, this might be the thing that makes you go, you know what, I'm taking my lines of credit out of Wells Fargo and I'm stuffing them in a credit union. Or I'm putting them in a local bank. Because even though they don't quite have the muscle to be able to handle what I'm doing, at least they're not going to get me implicated in this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing is, like, when you get over that, like, 250 I want to say, $1,000 of FDIC-insured money... If your bank goes down, you go down with it, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, it's like, there's a gray area 
beyond what you can expect to recover most, if not all of it. But um, anything over 250k, uh, you... You're not... How to put this? You are not expected to be made whole on that. You're only guaranteed that first 250k. And of course, people spread it around a bit in practice, which is... <laughs> well, and there is a certain incentive to plonking your $10 million into one bank account, because as the saying goes, when you owe the bank $100,000, the bank owns you. When you owe the bank $10 million, you own the bank. Like, when you're a large depositor for, like, any of these banks you get treated very differently from the hoi polloi, like, because you actually have some money to play with. Like, you get a white glove level of treatment and uh, access to, like, markets and investments that, you know, most people can't foot the bill for. Like, there's just this entirely different layer of this, like, you could call it, like, luxury banking that goes on. So, even though it would make good sense if you had like a million dollars to be like, okay, I want to keep my money safe. So I'm going to put it in like five different credit unions. Um, that doesn't mean you get to tell any of those one, like you could do that or you could put all of it in your one local bank. And that means that they call you after every board meeting, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, it's a un it's an unexpected shift of power at a time when both retail and commercial banking really doesn't need this shit. And it's like it's not that I personally care about the fate of the banking sector. They can all hang as far as I care as far as I care. Um but it's like they, if anything, if you've learned anything over, you know, this past crisis or two, it's that they're going to try and make it your problem. And so, yeah, it's, it's more bad news at a really fucking bad time. And I'm not sure that this will be the straw that breaks the camel's back. But also, this isn't the entire disclosure, is it? No, this is just the beginning. This is like, there's like 21, like over like 2,100 different reports that were in this leak. Like the stuff that has become available to the rest of the press and the general public so far is like just getting started. There's probably some really awful details hiding in there. Along with that, you know, there's going to be a lot of mid-sized banks that get implicated, and that's going to be a serious problem because they're already in trouble. Like, there is just too much, like, finance is in too fragile of a state to be able to handle something like this. And this is not just, you fucked up the housing market, this is sweet Jesus Christ on a pogo stick, y'all are, like doing the mafia thing on a global scale what the hell yeah and part of me kind of darkly wonders is there any disclosures that involve trump or any other major players like see that's we know that you know he hasn't wanted to disclose his tax returns um and, you know, everyone has kind of suspected for a while now that he makes his bread by effectively money laundering. Hell, Trump so, Jr. said in a 2009 press conference that most of their money comes from Russia. So it's not exactly a secret whose money they've been taking. Yeah, I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. my question is, is, is there something else in in there that implicates people um you know political parties maybe mm-hmm. you know like the NRA got not, caught like laundering money sort of for alleged russian front groups so you know <laughs> why stop at the nra 
Yeah. I mean, if J.P. Morgan Chase will do it for you, and the RNC just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, part of me wonders, how explicit is the DNC to this? Oh, like, I mean, this starts under Clinton, so I would not be at all surprised <laughs> if, like, the Clintons, the Obamas, and everybody else have been getting their beak wet there, too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's a I think that is, like, the... I think that that could be, like, a real breaking point with this kind of thing. Is that, like, if we start seeing uh, these records on American politicians instead of groups like the royal family, you Mm -hmm. know? And it's worth noting that, you know, the Panama Papers and the Paradise Papers did have fallout in countries that are not ours. (laughs) Um, they didn't have as much of an impact here because, you know, they're like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? Um, but it's like, what happens if one of these disclosures is what breaks our political system? Is what blows up our financial system? Because as salacious as this stuff is, this is, you know, relatively small potatoes. We We've seen the outline of this story before, and this is filling in some of the previous leaks and such, but if there's more out there... (laughs) And there probably is. Like, some of this shit is things like people, like, laundering money for Assad and during the Syrian Civil War and all kinds of other, like, equally dubious bullshit. So this is, like... I think it's really only a matter of time before at least one head of state is implicated directly in this. Like, at least one, like, head of state in, like, the so-called first world will probably get nailed in this. Like, part of me kind of wonders, like, is there... We originally said... Um, in the Doomsday Specials, plural, that, you know, um, one of the ways Trump could win, um, like, legitimately, is if Biden is taken out by something major. I I don't, I don't know that that's likely, but... I wouldn't expect this to be it, simply because Joe Biden has a reputation for, and, like, legitimately for, or being, like, one of the least wealthy members of the U.S. Senate. Like, I mean, he he has not leveraged his connections to great wealth very effectively. Like, so, like, if he, like, I would imagine if... Well, the thing is, the, the thing is, a leak like this a leak like this would be the kind of thing where it's like, oh yeah, it actually turns out Joe Biden's worth fifty million. Yeah, you know, that's what the leak would be. You know, and he's hiding it. I mean, he is the senator from MBNA, but it's like his narrative has been that he is, you know, he was raised to serve as billionaires. Um. And he would, you know, never do something as gauche as, like, taking money from them. Um, And so, it's like, (laughs) if that kind of story goes out, oh my god. That that blows up everything. Um, It it would be much worse than the RBG stuff. Like, especially Um, since it would probably be coming out before or shortly after... A significantly larger volume of stuff hits the press about Trump because no shit he's involved in this. Like he probably was like directly take like he was probably oh my pretty God, he God. was probably in over his head on this. So I mean absolutely if any leaks come oh, yeah. out, I'd put money on Trump. <laughs> yeah. He he is absolutely caked up with this shit. Um, <laughs> it just depends on if his so I, shit comes out before Biden, if Biden has any shit. <laughs> yeah. Or hell, if Harris has any. I mean, I kind of doubt it, but it's like, 
that's the thing with these kinds of disclosures. You never know. It was the same thing with Epstein um, in his little black book. You never know what's in there until you go look. That's the, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and honestly, what I think is probably most likely, if we're going to be talking like blowing up the political system for a minute here, is just that this shit comes out in a way that's probably going to be really indiscriminate. Like, it's pro- you're probably going to see shit that implicates members of both major political parties up and down the hierarchy in the United States, up to and including the presidential candidates. Like, most of the Labour Party, the Lib Dems, and the Tories, like, probably people in Macron's inner circle, I would bat, um, since he doesn't really have a party, so to speak. Um, it's more like a clique. Um, maybe some people in, like, the CDU or something in Germany. Like, this is gonna probably, like, if this has, like, direct political fallout, it's probably going to be raining on everyone. Yeah. Like. Uh-oh. That would be, that would be amazing. I, I love that idea. Because, I mean, there's massive incentive for any media that doesn't like the right wing to go digging. And there's also incentive for the right wing to go digging. And for the left to go digging. So. Yeah. It's like. Part of me kind of wonders if the reason they're slow walking some of these disclosures is because they don't. I don't know. Some of them feel a responsibility to the system. And if you're one of the people who's responsible for keeping that archive, um, you need to think about maybe it's time to roll the hard six. Let justice be done. Come what may. Let it all out. And, um, you know, if you would happen to like to get it on our particular podcast, send it to chopshopeconomics at protonmail.com. You know. Yeah. We would also be totally email down. Virgil. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> ah, so is that um, everything? I mean, that we know so far. This is this yeah. story's only been out like a day at time of recording. So this is like, I mean, this could be like the thing that. Yeah, this was breaking the, news. We did. Yeah. we'll definitely Uh, keep up on this because this is that this really like this proves it it's all fraud it's all fraud yep they're a bunch of fucking lying cheaters and all they want to do is make money and they don't give a damn how or who it hurts so remember that (laughs) they won't even follow their own fucking rules yeah. You know, fuck that West Wing shit. Yeah. They don't give a shit. <laughs> I find it really funny that, like, it came out that a lot of Obama era administrators kind of saw themselves as cosplaying um, in the West Wing universe. Good. <sighs> 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 some real ballad. <laughs> Good fucking job, Sam and Toby and Josh and whoever the fuck it is you think you are. Like, mm-hmm. why are you here? If if you wanna if you wanna be a fucking fanboy for the West Wing, go start a podcast. Archive of your own. They did oh, though. Right. <laughs> <laughs> People started a fucking. Oh God! Pod Save America. <sighs> and a whole bunch of others. Like, good God, people. So yeah, over under on how many of them are bound up in this shit show. <laughs> <laughs> remember that. So yeah. <laughs> this was. Remember, if there's any takeaway for any listeners on this. That's remotely electoral sports ball. It's both parties did this. 
Clinton's people knew about it. Bush's people knew about it. Obama's people knew about it. And Trump's people most certainly knew about it. So. Knew about it? How? <laughs> Look the other way. <laughs> so, yeah, this is Chop Shop Economics. We, uh, we read this shit so you don't have to. It's all fraud. Just. It's nesting, all fraudulent. Nesting dolls of fraud. <laughs> they're all a bunch of fucking liars and cheats. And they're bad. And we got the receipts. Hell yeah. Oh! <laughs> Hell yeah. <sighs> so, bye everyone. Good luck out there. <laughs> Okay.